Morning. Who loves Christmas? Oh, Christmas is going off in our house since the 1st of November. I believe that's when the Christmas music started to play and Bruce has been um, doing all of his um, baking, getting ready for Christmas, like planning all his desserts and he um, practices, which is lovely because I'm a teacher and he says to me, I'm making some little treats for you and your little friends, like they're my teacher friends, so I can take little friends to school and we have a little recess together. But Christmas is coming and it just makes you happy. In the last three weeks, we have been walking through the Advent conspiracy together. And the idea behind the conspiracy is to turn Christmas on its head, from maybe how we've done things in the past to finding a new grace-filled, faith-filled way of doing the season. And we talked about worship fully, and Jono shared that worship has got less to do with music and more to do with obedience and humility. And then we decided to spend less with Bruce, which the kids were thrilled about, Um, when he encouraged us in our giving of gifts not to go crazy and get into debt, but to instead share a thoughtful gift with our friends and family. And then last week, Claire spoke on um, Give More, and she said we can give the gift of time purposely and intentionally and relationally and hilariously. And today, I get to wrap it all up like a Christmas present with love all. So what does it even mean to love all? I mean, what even is love? And so I have a little video I hope it might work. We'll check it out and see. A little bit cute. (laughs) Yeah. So we love the idea of love all, but how do we actually show that and demonstrate that practically at Christmas in line with our Advent conspiracy? So I was thinking about it and I thought we could hug every person we know, but all the personal space people are freaking out at the thought. 
We could give a gift to everyone we know. That's a lot of shopping. We could um, give a quality time dinner to every person we know. That is a lot of cooking. Maybe we could write a nice card of encouragement to everyone we know. My hand is sore thinking about it. Maybe we could do something for every single person in the world. Like, who's got time for that? That all sounds exhausting. And we're meant to be slowing down in this Christmas season. And I'll think about it going, if there's only some way, some clarification as to who we need to love all in this season. So I asked God, who exactly do we need to love? And he reminded me of a well-known story called The Good Samaritan. Who's heard of The Good Samaritan before? And who's been encouraged at some point in your Christian walk to be like The Good Samaritan? Me too. But as I've spent time in this story this week, I've just seen it in a little bit of a different light. And I thought, well, this is the Advent conspiracy. We're meant to turn Christmas right side up. So today I want to turn the, ad, the um, Good Samaritan right side up as well. And so we're going to play a little game. Who likes games? We're going to play the game called Guess Who? So do you remember when you were little, there was this game called Guess Who? Yep, a little board game, and you had to guess the characters through the clues that you got. Well, today we're going to play Advent conspiracy Guess Who? And so I want you to try and guess with my really obvious clues who my characters represent. So we've got five little characters in my game. We've got the Good Samaritan, the Levite and the Priest, the Traveller, the Inn and the Innkeeper. All right, but let's pray. Father, I just thank you for what you've shown me in your word as I've spent time in this story. It has brought me freedom. And I pray that it does the same thing this morning. I pray that we would all experience your love in a new way this morning that we would walk out here having met with you and knowing that you see us in Jesus' name. Amen? Okay, so in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is talking to some of the wisest people of the time, and in particular, he's talking to a lawyer. And the conversation starts with discussing the greatest commandment of all, which is love. So it ties in perfectly to our theme today of love all. And it says in Luke 10, 27, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as you love yourself. That is a lot of love right there. (laughs) Like with our heart should have been enough, but all of our mind, like all my thoughts need to be loving. All of my emotions, like all of my soul and my emotions need to be loving. All of my strength, like I actually have to do something to love people. This actually doesn't sound so nice. Actually, it sounds a little bit inconvenient and sacrificial. That kind of love all actually feels a bit tricky to do all the time. And so in this story, this lawyer is doing what lawyers do, and he's looking for a loophole to try and get out of it a little bit, to try and make the task a little bit easier. And so he says to Jesus, can you narrow it down a little bit? Like, who is my neighbor? Who exactly do I need to love? And so Jesus answers him with a little story. Um, In verse 30, he says, A man was travelling down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. And a priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And so too a Levite, when he came to the place, he saw him and he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and he saw him and he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he put the man on his own donkey. He brought him to an inn to take care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I return, I will repay you for any extra expense you may have had. Which of these three was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? Like classic Jesus, ask a question, you get a question back. And the expert said, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Likewise. 
And so the story starts and we have our first little character that you need to guess who. So you can phone a friend and talk to the person next to you. But who in the Advent Conspiracy game, who do you think the traveller might represent? Tell the person beside you. Bruce, you have to tell the person behind you because you don't have someone beside you. Who might the traveller represent? What if the traveller could be the lawyer himself? What if he's being represented as the man who was once beaten and wounded and left half dead, or maybe even bringing it a little bit closer to home? What if perhaps we are, or at one point in our life, we've all been that traveller on the side of the road? I mean, the lawyer is just travelling somewhere between Jerusalem and Jericho, and we're all travelling through life. We're somewhere between here and there. And perhaps somewhere on your life's journey, someone hurt you, someone wounded you, maybe not physically, but hurt you in your heart or a situation or a circumstance arose and kind of knocked the wind out of you. And that felt like that season in your story maybe left you half dead on the side of the road. And the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Because without Jesus, we're all half dead. We're alive physically, but dead spiritually. And so this lawyer maybe is a businessman and he might be headed to Jericho thinking that the big city of Jericho was going to be the answer to all of his problems. But maybe on the way to pursuing his career, to chasing his dreams, life came along and hurt him and he left him broken. And now he finds himself hemorrhaging and dying. And the Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. And so here is this traveller in need of some love all for sure. And in this state of half dead, who comes along? but a Levite and a priest. So in my little game of guess who, who might the Levite and the priest represent? What if they represent keeping the law, keeping all the rules? And anyone who's attempted to live up to God rules doesn't make it. I mean, there's like 600 plus laws in the Torah apparently and the Ten Commandments which we can't even keep. The law comes by when we're half dead, but the law can't help us. And the priest and the Levite shows us that rules can't help us in that state. Only Jesus and his incredible love for us and what he did for us on the cross can save us. And so who comes along? A Samaritan. And a Samaritan was rejected and despised by the culture of the day. Doesn't that remind you of someone? Someone who came and was rejected and despised. Someone who was sent to help but he was rejected. Someone who people didn't expect him to be when he came. So my little game of Advent Conspiracy, who might the Good Samaritan be? Jesus. Jesus was the rejected Messiah. He didn't come as a strong king. The Son of God chose to come and be born into a family that was struggling with poverty. I mean, no one expected this Messiah to be born in a manger in a little town of Bethlehem. Jesus is the only one that's good. Jesus is the Good Samaritan. Jesus is the only one who can come alongside the half-dead and offer this divine exchange from left for dead to eternal life. And you know, in the story, the Good Samaritan stopped. Isn't that what Jesus does for all of us? He stops. He loves all. And just like the the Samaritan put the traveller on his donkey and took him to a place to be um, healed, Jesus comes and picks us up in our mess and takes us to a placing of healing and restoration too. And the Good Samaritan took this man to a place called the inn. And I noticed something in the story which was really interesting. We hear a conversation that the Good Samaritan had with the innkeeper. And when I read it, I was thinking, what relevance did that have to the story? Like, why were we told that? And I wondered, maybe um, it actually wasn't so much for the lawyer, those details. But maybe it was for somebody else who might come along and read that story. Maybe someone like us. And it says this in Luke 10, 35. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And whatever more you spend, when I return... I will repay you. That sounds like someone I know. 
I will return. I'm coming back. Jesus is our good Samaritan. And so in my little game of Advent conspiracy then, who or what might the inn represent? Could the inn be hinting at the community that goes around the globe that we're all a part of called the church? Could the inn be the place and the space that Jesus is alluding to here, where people come to receive love? Is the inn his church? You know, I researched and I found out that these inns were actually just little humble huts and homes that they built on kind of like the freeways of the Bible times. The road from Jerusalem to Jericho was a real road. And what they did, people were being robbed and they needed a place to be safe. They needed a place to where they could come. So they built these little inns on the busy freeways of the day. And the Good Samaritan used this inn. And Jesus uses his church all over the world. These inns were positioned close to where people needed help, people who were in pain and needed help. Isn't the church positioned in the same way? Positioned in close proximity to those who are in pain? Wait, hold on a minute, what just happened? We don't like pain. Hello, Panadol and Nurofen. We're not a fan of the dentist. We don't like pain. Even Jesus wasn't a big fan. In the garden, he was sweating blood and he said, Father, if there is another way, but if not, your will be done. And he willingly went towards the pain because he loves us. And Jesus invites us to do the same thing, to live a life that doesn't avoid pain, but a life that loves all. A life that bears one another's burdens. A life that listens to others and is there for them when they need us. A life that sees pain actually as an opportunity to love all. The church is the inn and our good Samaritan is going to drop people off to us with the instruction of take care of them or in today's context, love them until he returns. And so... The traveller could be us at some point in our life and the Levite and priest could be the law and the Good Samaritan could be Jesus and the inn is the church. So in my last part, who then is the innkeeper? Yes, us. What if we all individually are the innkeepers? Not just at church, but in our neighbourhood and in our workplace and in our sporting teams and in our camera gangs. I was going to say camera clubs, but that sounds too daggy. So you've got a gang, Amy. You've got a gang. <laughs> and what if Jesus, our Samaritan, wants to bring people across our path in our everyday life this season? And what if he asks us to take care of them and love them until he returns? Could this be what love all actually means? That we lavishly love on the poor, the hurting and the lonely, that we love in such a way that reaches out to the marginalised and the forgotten. Not just loving people on the other side of the world, but loving the person that God brings to us during our day. At the shops, at home, in our workplace, at sport. Remember that conversation with the Good Samaritan and the innkeeper? The Good Samaritan said, take care of him. He didn't say um, anything else. The Good Samaritan gave us permission to care. He actually gave us permission to love all. And the innkeeper didn't ask questions. He didn't say, so what's his deal? Or how did he get the wounds? We just read that an instruction was given and an instruction was followed. Not, what happened to him? Take care of him. What's his nationality? Take care of him. Did somebody hurt him? Take care of him. Do we know this person? Can we trust them? Take care of them. Just can you give me some more details until I welcome this person into my world? Just take care of them. The Good Samaritan says, take care of them, love them. And you know, we have permission from Jesus to love all. Every single person that he's going to drop off to us during this season, no matter what storm or season they find themselves in in life, we have permission to love them. And it doesn't even matter who Jesus drops off to you. All you need to do is just take care of them and love them. 
We have permission to care, permission to love all that is going to bring across your path this season. And so what if we conspire in this Christmas season to care about people so richly and so deeply and so genuinely that in the midst of their pain, we don't cross the road, but we stay with them and we take care of them and we love them regardless. What if we loved all? My guess is it's probably going to get messy and inconvenient. (laughs) But on the plus side, it's a life filled with joy and purpose. And I just wondered as I was thinking about this, was there anybody in our world who we might have excused ourselves from loving in the past? Maybe we excused ourselves from caring or loving certain people who don't look like us or have the same faith as us or maybe their struggles and their storms are just too different from ours and so we excused ourselves from loving them. Maybe it was because they hurt us and we can't trust them. But the truth is we've all been hurt and unfortunately we've all hurt others either knowingly or unknowingly and sometimes I think we'd prefer permission not to care (laughs) but we're all God's kids. Like, how do you think this conversation would go? I was chatting with a friend yesterday, and if I sat across from Pastor Rick and Naomi and said, I love you guys, and I'm with you, and I just love what you're doing, and I love your family, and they're all serving God, just amazing, except for just that one kid. I just don't like him. Is that all right? Like, I just don't want anything to do with him. I don't know why. I just don't love him. Like, what response do you think I'd get from Rick and Naomi? Oh, sure, Penny, no worries. (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) And so what response do I think we're going to get when we do the same to God's kids? Can we say we love God who we can't see, but his kids that we can see? And so on a side note, as I was praying about this message this morning, I just have a word for someone here today, and I'm not sure who it is, but when I say it, you're going to know it's for you. And the word is this. As I've been speaking, maybe God's put someone in your heart that feels a little bit too hard to love. And I feel God wants you to know that he knows how hard this is for you and he loves you and he sees you in your situation. And I felt him say this, some people won't be dropped off to your inn this season. He'll drop some people off to somebody else's inn. You just need to love and take care of the people that he drops off to you in your inn. And remember, whoever he drops off to you, his grace is sufficient for you. And so the Bible goes on to say that in addition of taking care of them, if you incur any extra expense, he will repay you when he returns. And I realized God notices everything we do when we take care of one of his kids. He notices when we love all. And he notices if it costs us, he says he's going to repay us. And this Christmas, Jesus, our good Samaritan, is going to bring people along our path. And that is our opportunity to love all. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. So this Christmas, let's look and let's love on people with kindness and encouragement and a friendly reminder that God loves them. I'm personally asking God for an opportunity every day in this season to love on someone who he drops past my inn. And for example, this week I was buying my coffee and there was this woman behind me with her three like screaming kids and I thought, man, she really needs a coffee. And uh, God said, actually, what she needs is some love. And so I just let her step in front of me. And then as she finished her order, I just paid for her. And I just smiled at her to say, like, I see you and I care. And I just prayed for her during the rest of the day. Just my little way to just love on that lady. And I pray she felt love in that moment. And I wonder, who are you going to meet this Christmas season? We're all positioned to bring love where there is pain. So who is the Good Samaritan going to drop by your inn this season? What about the person who feels like nobody notices them? Just love them. Maybe you're going to meet a young mum who might have lost a baby. Just love on her. What about a middle-aged man that just signed divorce papers he never thought he would? Just love on him. Maybe you're going to meet someone who's heard the word cancer this week. Maybe just love on them. And you know what? On a bigger scale, 
we can donate some of the money that we save from spending less. We can invite someone to church with us this week or invite someone over for family dinner. We can share a meal together. We could be the person with the extra dose of patience this week. Oh, never pray for patience. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Take it back, Jesus. Maybe we can ask at church what you can do to help or maybe you've just got time to genuinely pray for people. Pray for the single mums, the refugees, the people that need clean water, the homeless in our city. And on a real practical note, I'm really excited that on Christmas morning when we come together, we're actually going to be taking up an offering and it's our opportunity to love all. And that offering is going to go to drought and fire affected families in our nation. What a great opportunity to maybe give some of that money that we save by not going crazy at Christmas to remind somebody that God loves them. Remember, we love because he first loved us. So can one person really make a difference? Yes, we can, absolutely. We can say yes to those in need. We can offer grace of Jesus. We can be his hands and his feet and bring healing and hope to a lost world, a world that's actually being brought home one by one by our Good Samaritan. And if the team want to come. And I was just thinking as I was here on Friday night, actually, Marcus alluded to it this morning in prayer meeting that we had just such a phenomenal time on Friday nights. And if you're not regularly coming, you should really come out because God is doing something on Friday nights. And we just lingered in worship a little bit. And we just had this opportunity to just all hear from God. And it was just in this moment of lingering of worship, I just saw this image or this picture in my mind of a silhouette of like a man with a donkey. And I knew it was for this moment right now. I knew it was Jesus saying that he's like the Good Samaritan and he is here. And the Good Samaritan isn't after the crowd. The Good Samaritan's after the one. And so he's here today. And maybe you sometimes, maybe right now, you might even feel like that traveller in life. That life has beaten you down. And maybe you feel a little bit left for dead. Maybe you're out of options. Can I tell you that Jesus sees you? And he's not crossing the road away from you. He actually crossed from heaven and earth to come and be with you in your mess and pick you up and love on you at great cost to himself on the cross because of his love, but he heals our wounds. He covers all of our mistakes and he loves on us with a no-strings-attached love. Maybe today you need the Good Samaritan to just come alongside you, pick you up and put him on his donkey and just let him love on you a little bit as well. And so I just really wanted to pray for the travellers that are in here today as well. So if we could just close our eyes. And I just wonder if maybe even there's somebody here who... You're feeling like the traveller and you really want to experience God's love. You really want to let God come into your heart and do something that only God can do, like an exchange, like that left from half dead to eternal life. And so I just want to lead us in a prayer that we can all say together because we're family and that's what we do. We stand together. Maybe we could just ask Jesus to come into our heart afresh this morning. So would you pray with me? And we say, dear Jesus, thanks for seeing me in my mess. I pray you come into my heart, be my Lord and Saviour, and love on me like I've never been loved before, in Jesus' name. And Father, I just lift up all the travellers here today, all those that feel like they've had that hard season. I pray, Jesus, you would begin to minister now, as I saw that picture on Friday night of you just picking up someone and putting them on their donkey and taking them to the place of healing and restoration. I pray, God, just as we sang this morning, that miracles can happen now. I pray for miracles for the travellers, God. Miracles who need you to intervene in their life. That they would experience your love like never before. And that you would do something amazing here this day, in Jesus' name. And if we just all want to stand for a moment. We've got time this morning. 
I'm the short preacher, not just in height, but in time as well. That's good. <laughs> and maybe today you realise that you once were that traveller. But at some point in your life, Jesus picked you up and put you on his donkey. And now you find yourself with the job description of being an innkeeper. Are you ready for who Jesus is going to drop off to you in this season? Are you ready to conspire this Christmas to love all? And maybe they're not even going to be at church. Maybe you're going to meet a single mum who just needs some financial help. That is a hard season. I have been there. Just take some time to love on her. Maybe you're going to, that annoying sibling that knows how to push your buttons. I'm sure we've all got one or two, but just love on them. What about the parent who might withhold love? Just love on them. What about the annoying co-worker who drives you nuts? Just love on them. What about the annoying loud neighbour? Just love on them. Because when God's people, when we show up and we love in humble and gentle ways, then God shows up in their situations as well. I'm just going to pray and then we are going to linger in worship for a bit. And after I finish praying, if you need prayer for anything, if you feel like that traveller and you need someone to come and stand beside you and pray over your season, and pray over these miracles that we're singing about, then come out the front. I'd love to pray with you. Or maybe you just need some extra measure of God's grace to help you love on the people that are coming through your life this season. The team is ready here to pray for you as well. And if you need a miracle, we're singing about it. If you need a healing or you're believing for someone in your family that needs a healing, come on out because we would love to pray and stand. Don't miss this opportunity. So, Father, I just thank you that you love us. I thank you, God, that you love us, that you are the Good Samaritan and you've got plans for all of us. And I pray right now in this moment that every person that is hearing me would experience your love like never before. I pray, Holy Spirit, that we would feel a touch from God like we've never felt before, that your love would literally fill us in ways that we can't even explain. I thank you, God, that you're with us, that you're going to bring people across our path. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear and words to say and resources to, to help bless. And whatever we can do in this Christmas season, Lord, help us to love all. Help us be the innkeeper that you're going to drop people off to. And I pray, Father, that we all walk out of here right now with a touch of your love in Jesus' name. Amen.